It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather. And he who controls the weather will control the world. Welcome to the Bad News Broadcast, where we cover the collapse of everything, everywhere, all at once. Don't think it's that bad? Still believe the manipulators of the Matrix exist to protect you and your posterity for perpetuity? Good luck with that. So many breaking bad news biosphere collapse and global contamination of everything headlines to cover in this week's report. But first, short updates from a few other front lines of what most would rather not know. A quick CV-19 update. A new science study from ScienceDirect.com. COVID-19 vaccines and adverse events of special interest. Study of 99 million vaccinated individuals. That's from February 2024, this month. The report says, as of November 2023, at least 70.5% of the world's population had received at least one dose of a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, let's add this new headline from the Gateway Pundit. Groundbreaking global study on 99 million vaccinated people, i.e. the science report just mentioned, reveals increases in neurological, blood, and heart conditions associated with COVID-19 vaccines. This isn't good news, but has actually long since been available for any that took the time to do their homework. Please investigate. Let's add another source from the National Library of Medicine. This science study title, Neurological Complications Following COVID-19 Vaccination. Again, please, do honest and objective research. Feeding for information from the matrix media trough of total deception isn't the way forward. That's not how you learn what's actually occurring in the wider horizon. Yes, those in power, those who print the money, those who control it all, looking after us lowly serfs. Is that what they're really doing? Or the agenda's much, much darker. Moving on, different front, same core of control from NPR.org, National Public Radio, or so we're told. The U.S. has again vetoed a U.N. resolution demanding an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Should this come as any surprise? The mighty USA, the so-called beacon of freedom and democracy, a.k.a. the world's largest empire with nearly 800 bases circling the globe, doing what it's told to do by those that control the currency, the printing of money from thin air. Again, that's who controls militaries, thus entire countries. And in the case of the just-vetoed UN ceasefire resolution, it isn't hard to see who the tail is that's wagging the dog. The same core of power controls the narrative on every front, medical, environmental, conflict zones, all of it, with few exceptions. What's the brutal, bitter truth about the events of October 7th that no one wants to talk about and that Matrix Media has done their absolute best to bury? The foundational point is that Israel clearly had extensive foreknowledge of the October 7th event, period. The record is clear and not disputed. Israel had full knowledge of the Hamas-planned incursion for over a year and many more confirmations of the coming plan leading up to that day. From the New York Post, this headline, Israel had Hamas attack plans for a year before bloodbath. From RollingStone.com, Israel knew of Hamas attack plan a year before October 7th. From the New York Times, Israel had a blueprint for the October 7th attacks a year ago. Officials dismissed it, the report says. Question, dismissed it or orchestrated it to facilitate long-standing agendas? 
You decide. There's more. It gets even more damning. From APNews.com, Hamas practiced in plain sight, posting video of mock attack weeks before border breach. From BBC, Egypt warned Israel days before Hamas struck. So mustn't we ask, was the nearly eight-hour Israeli military and police stand-down on the most heavily monitored prison wall in the world on the exact day of the attack just an unfortunate coincidence? Really? From APNews.com, less than a month before Hamas fighters blew through Israel's high-tech, quote, iron wall and launched an attack that would leave more than 1,200 Israelis dead, they practiced in a very public dress rehearsal. The AP report continues, a carefully produced two-minute propaganda video posted to social media by Hamas on September 12, 2023, shows fighters using explosives to blast through a replica of the border gate, sweep in on pickup trucks, and then move building by building through a full-scale reconstruction of an Israeli town, firing automatic weapons at human-silhouetted paper targets. The Islamic militant group's Live fire exercise dubbed Operation Strong Pillar also had militants in body armor and combat fatigues carrying out operations that included the destruction of mock-ups of the wall's concrete towers and communications antennas, just as they would do for real in the deadly attack that came. AP News then says, Hamas appears to have hidden its extensive preparations for the assault in plain sight. One of the compounds Hamas used to prepare was so close to an Israeli border checkpoint that soldiers could have been able to observe the site and their training drills. So again, this question, is it even remotely reasonable to believe that Hamas was practicing for their invasion in plain sight from the most protected border wall in the world and the Israeli military didn't have a clue? Just a so-called intelligence failure or a meticulously manipulated intelligence stand-down order with an unthinkable agenda? You decide. And about the Israeli casualties, was there more to that story? This headline, Israel forbids doctors from speaking to UN group investigating October 7th atrocities. That's from the Times of Israel. From Haaretz.com, Israel disarmed its citizens before the October 7th attack. Why in the world would they do that? And this from Al Jazeera, what's Israel's Hannibal directive, question mark, a former Israeli soldier tells all. What is the quote Hannibal directive? Please investigate for yourself, but it means to eliminate any prisoner from being taken, even if you have to eliminate your own citizens, military personnel, and police forces in the process. Look it up. Again, please investigate. With all that in mind, in regard to the tail wagging the dog, let's rewind to the following. A statement previously covered in this broadcast, a transcript of the statement Netanyahu made all the way back in 1990, known as the Finks Bar Diatribe. Again, please investigate. There are many sources to confirm this historical fact. Here it is from the current leader of Israel. Quote, if we get caught, they will just replace us with persons of the same cloth. So it doesn't matter what you do. America is a golden calf and we will drain it dry, chop it up and sell it off piece by piece until there's nothing left but the world's biggest welfare state that we will create and control. Netanyahu continues, why? Because it's God's will, he said, and America is big enough to take the hit so we can do it again and again and again. This is what we do to countries, Netanyahu said, that we hate. We destroy them very slowly and make them suffer for refusing to be our slaves, end quote. In summary, is it in any way rational or reasonable to believe that the most sophisticated military in the world with the most highly monitored 
prison wall barrier in the world somehow missed groups of jihadists milling around and planting explosives in numerous locations, then driving convoys of tractors and old pickup trucks, 20-year-old Chinese motorcycles through the blasted openings in the barrier, taking selfies all along the way, continuing to roam around Israel and its roads for hours, almost eight hours to be exact, wherever they pleased, and overhead the Hamas Air Force, super loud, lawnmower-powered paragliders with very visible machine gun-carrying jihadists, and again, no one noticed a thing, not the Israeli military, not the Israeli police, but no matter how many formerly untold facts that are brought to light, sadly, far too many only believe what they're officially told, or that they see in the Matrix Media Ministry of Propaganda. Let's stop there. Here's a few examples from recent decades that make crystal clear the fact that the military-industrial complex and the power-structure-controlled matrix media that represents them have lied to Americans about the true causes and nature of conflicts over and over and over. Yet far too many Americans continue to gulp down the lies because, after all, it feels much better to tell oneself that America and its joined-at-the-hip ally are good and everyone else is bad. Even the 30,000 Palestinians that have perished in the last few months, over 70% of them women and children, are somehow swept under the rug as just collateral damage. A few key examples of the lies, though there are many more. Pearl Harbor, the U.S. military provoked Japan by cutting off their supply lines. The U.S. military knew the attack was coming and did nothing. The military-industrial complex is in the war business. They need to galvanize Americans into blind and unquestioning support for a world war that could have been averted at numerous points during the previous years. That's what happened at Pearl Harbor. Next, the Gulf of Tonkin event, the false flag that the U.S. military used to trigger the Vietnam War. The events of 9-11, also called, quote, the new Pearl Harbor, the license for the U.S. military to invade whoever they wanted, wherever they wanted. How many lies were fed about that dark day? How many Americans even know there was a third high-rise building that fell that day, Building 7, that never got hit by anything? Yet it collapsed in its own footprint, free fall speed, seven seconds in the afternoon of 9-11. Steel structure high-rise. Never in the history of high-rise fires have any ever collapsed before or since 9-11, but on that day, three collapsed, and one the majority don't even know about. Building 7, World Trade Tower Building 7. And why did it collapse? Because we're officially told there was some furniture burning on the first and second floors. So stop and think about that for a moment. We're officially told a steel structure high-rise building completely collapsed to the ground at free fall speed, seven seconds, because of furniture fires on the first and second floors. Please look this up online. Watch the video of this building coming down and ask yourself how that could be anything other than controlled demolitions. And most people don't even know that building collapsed. Anyone gullible enough to buy that lie that burning furniture on the first and second floors did this should probably be under full-time supervision. The official excuse for the collapse is so utterly and totally impossible that there wasn't a single mention of Building 7 in the entire 9-11 Commission report. But sadly, far too many Americans don't want to be bothered with the truth. They want to watch football and scripted political theater. And here's the truth about the Building 7 collapse in 9-11. A peer-reviewed science institution in the U.S. proved that WTC Building 7 was brought down by controlled demolitions. Peer-reviewed science study. Please don't believe me. Please, please look it up. 9-11 Architects and Engineers for Truth. 3,500 top experts in their field from around the world helped conduct the study. 
How many eyes wide shut flag waving pretend patriots in the U.S. are there that absolutely have no interest in this extremely painful truth? Because embracing the official lies feels so much better. After 9-11, the invading of countries that had nothing to do with the event, but they did have lots and lots of oil. Israel's most guarded and monitored prison wall in the world being completely unattended and unmonitored for almost eight hours is certainly comparable to the most massive U.S. military machine not being able to locate what we were told was multiple hijacked commercial airlines for hours directly over U.S. airspace, including the most protected airspace and building in the world, the Pentagon. Yes, the truth is indeed the first casualty of war. The money printers control the narrative they always have. Their goal? To trigger an emotional response in the majority of the masses based on their version of the truth. Deductive reasoning based on objective investigation isn't part of the equation for far too many. Next, the Gulf War. Saddam's weapons of mass destruction that weren't. But in the end, Americans didn't seem to care. Again, lots of oil to keep the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute party going. And let's not forget this. UN report Gaza Petroleum Deposits. Potential Palestinian oil and gas reserves. Again, that's a UN report confirming this. Here's a final footnote about the constant demonization of Iran, an oil-rich country that has invaded exactly no one for over 240 years. Am I condoning Iran? No. I'm stating a fact. In contrast, as previously covered on this broadcast, the U.S. has launched 251 military interventions since 1991 and 469 or more since 1798. This is according to a report by the Congressional Research Service. That's a U.S. government institution that compiles information on behalf of Congress. So which nation is the actual aggressor in this comparison? Is this what it takes to support empire and the so-called American dream? And for the record, to all those, again, that have been trained to believe that to criticize one country, even my own, must somehow mean support for another. No, that's not what it means. And to conclude otherwise is, again programmed behavior. I don't support Iran, Russia, China, or any other country. They're all corrupt. It's just a matter of scale, isn't it? And where does that leave us when the U.S. military juggernaut is the largest by far than any other military on the planet? So back to the naked genocide being carried out on innocent Palestinian civilians, the vast majority of which are women and children. 30,000 of them that we know of, and certainly there are countless other buried in the carpet-bombed ruins of the Gaza Strip. And then there's the nearly 100,000 that have been injured. And how many more are dying and will die of starvation and disease in the coming weeks and months? Again, all in plain sight of the entire world with so many Americans going about their personal pursuit of pleasure, sports games, and pretending the election of their preferred political puppet will magically make the world right again. From the UK Guardian, part of the irony in Netanyahu's promise to, quote, eradicate Hamas is that politicians like him have long helped nurture organizations in an attempt to undermine the Palestinian struggle. Listen carefully to this. Anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. Who said that? Benjamin Netanyahu at a meeting of the Likud's Knesset members in 2019. Benjamin Netanyahu stating he must support Hamas to keep a two-state solution from happening. And this from the Times of Israel. This is from October 9, 2023. For years, Netanyahu propped up Hamas. Now it's blown up in our faces. That report says the premier's policy of treating the terror group as a partner at the expense of Abbas and the Palestinian statehood, Abbas' former leader, 
The idea was to prevent Abbas or anyone else in the Palestinian Authority's West Bank government from advocating or advancing toward the establishment of a Palestinian state. Thus, amid this bid to impair Abbas, Hamas was upgraded from a mere terror group to an organization with which Israel held indirect negotiations via Egypt and one that was allowed to receive infusions of cash from abroad through Qatar is where that came from. Matrix manipulator agendas and objectives carried out in full view of the world, glaring puzzle pieces that are simple to connect for any that don't have their eyes wide shut. And now this from theintercept.com, quote, where can we go? Question mark. Terror and panic set in as Israel readies to invade Rafah. From that report, the majority of Palestinian civilians, mostly women and children, have been herded into one final corner. What fate do they face now? That question isn't hard to answer. Rational, sane compassion for innocence is in no way support for Hamas, an organization that clearly had ties with and was funded over many years by sources in Israel, not opinion, a fact of record. Please do an honest investigation if you dare. Again, for the record, Israeli military and intelligence officials were completely aware of the coming October 7th attack over a year in advance and warned numerous other times leading up to the event. Why did they not only do nothing, but made sure the local Israeli citizens had been disarmed and that the most monitored prison wall in the world was abandoned for almost eight hours? Just an astounding string of coincidence or something else? You decide. But please investigate first. If you're listening to this broadcast and you truly care about the unseen historical facts of Middle Eastern events, please summon the courage and take the time to view the following two documentaries. First, Occupation 101. Second, Peace, Propaganda, and the Promised Land. Extremely objective, fact-filled documentaries. If you think the controllers care any more about you and your posterity than they do about genocided populations past and present, think again. The planet's life support systems are collapsing, making populations not just expendable to those in power, but a rapidly increasing liability. On how many fronts are the matrix manipulators waging war on populations, from the skies to the ground? The mere mention of any verifiable truths that conflict with official narratives triggers the knee-jerk, quote, conspiracy theory programmed response from far too many, a term that is a favorite among those that don't have or want a clue. If the global predator class were coherently able to execute their agendas, we would all long since have perished. The headless, heartless, soulless cancer is losing control even of itself. Pretend paper patriots on all sides of the power structure orchestrated political divide waving their flags and slapping their bumper stickers on their cars, pretending that they're completely committed to, quote, freedom and democracy and, quote, saving the children. But so much of it is self-deception and delusion. It always has been. Carnage and chaos is routinely carried out with the full support of the pretend patriots that in reality are only actually proclaiming their devotion to the Matrix by pledging their full support for official narratives, which is what so many have been trained and conditioned and programmed to do since birth. The payoff from the Matrix being the permission to pursue personal pleasure and material gain till the moment of impact, the moment of total ecological and societal collapse, which is now far closer than almost any dare to imagine. So many tell themselves it can't be so. After all, the Ponzi scheme stock market house of cards continues to soar to ever new record highs. What could possibly be wrong in the world? Good luck 
with that fantasy as the entire web of life circles the drain, a web of life on which our lives and so-called society completely and totally depends. Coming in a moment, breaking biosphere collapse reports, the contamination of our skies, and the complete derailing of global weather by shockingly obvious covert climate engineering operations. Wait, does, does that even make sense? Obvious covert climate engineering. Yes, in an eyes wide shut world, it makes perfect sense. The sky could be on fire and the majority wouldn't have or want a clue. First, yet more forms of contamination from yet more chemicals And while I'm going over this new report, keep in mind there is still a mountain of atmospheric nanoparticle contamination, much of it from climate engineering fallout, that goes completely under the radar by design. And how small is a nanoparticle? Up to 100,000 nanoparticles can fit across the width of a single human hair. The smaller the particles, the more dangerous they are, no matter the element. And toxic elements, even worse. New report, EWG, Environmental Working Group, finds little-known toxic chemical in four out of five people tested. First in the U.S. study looked at the presence of chlormaquat in humans. Anyone hear of that chemical concoction before? You will. Published in the Journal of Exposure, Science, and Environmental Epidemiology, federal rules allow for the chemical's use on oats and other grains imported to the U.S. A new EWG peer-reviewed study has found chlormaquat a little-known pesticide in four out of five, or 80% of people tested. The groundbreaking analysis of chlormaquat in the bodies of people in the U.S. rings alarm bells because the chemical is linked to reproductive and developmental problems in animal studies, suggesting the potential for similar harm to humans. EWG tests found higher levels and more frequent detections of chlormaquat in the 2023 samples compared to those from 2017 through 2022, which suggests consumer exposure to chlormaquat could be on the rise. Clearly it is. Just as troubling, the report states, EWG detected the chemical in 92% of oat-based foods purchased in May of 2023, including Quaker Oats and Cheerios. The fact that so many people are exposed raises concerns about its potential impact on public health, since animal studies again linked chlormaquat to reduce fertility, and harm to reproductive systems and altered fetal growth. Environmental Protection Agency regulations allow the chemical to be used on ornamental plants only, not food crops grown in the U.S., but its use is permitted on imported oats, so what's the difference, right? And other foods sold here in the U.S. Many oats and oat products consumed in the U.S. come from Canada. Chlormaquat was not allowed on oats sold in the U.S. before 2018 when the Trump EPA gave first-time approval for some amount of the chemical on imported oats. Stay with me, because Biden did the same. The same administration in 2020 increased the allowable level, and these regulatory changes might help explain why we're seeing more frequent higher detections of the chemical in Americans tested. Now, in April 2023, in response to a 2019 application submitted by Chlormaquat manufacturer Temenko, the Biden EPA proposed allowing the first ever use of Chlormaquat on barley, oat, and wheat grown in the U.S. So it's across the board. They're just opening the gates. Let's poison everything. Consider that this is only one example that was finally exposed. How many more are there? With how many chemicals? And how much of it is in everything we eat, drink, and in the air we breathe? And look up. All of that. Everything you see tainting our skies to this filthy, dirty, climate engineering sprayed white is all raining down on us as well. I'll get to that. 
First, this new from the climate engineering cover up actors at the Weather Channel. Studies find, quote, safe air quality levels can still be harmful. The study then states, even small amounts of air pollution from PM 2.5 can be dangerous to our health. No, not can be, not could be, not maybe, not might be. They are dangerous. And the smaller the particles, the more dangerous they are. Keep that in mind. The report continues. The findings of this study suggest that no safe threshold exists for the chronic effect of PM 2.5 on overall cardiovascular health. Exactly. No safe limit. And no so-called official agency is even testing for nanoparticle atmospheric pollution, let alone disclosing it. Again, for the record, nanoparticles of heavy metals and polymers are primary elements named in climate engineering patents. On the subject of U.S. patents, here's another dose of insanity from the so-called science community. U.S. Patent Number 20040161364A1, Carbon Sequestration in Aqueous Environment. Here's the abstract. The present invention relates to the use of a substance such as an aquatic herbicide to facilitate the sequestration of carbon dioxide by removing a portion of plant biomass from a body of water. Translation, poison and kill aquatic plant life under the guise of reducing atmospheric CO2. Here's summary from the patent. The present invention provides a method of sequestration of carbon, compromising removing a portion of an aquatic plant biomass from a body of water. In one embodiment, the step of removing the plant biomass portion from the body of water comprises applying a chemical to the plant biomass portion, wherein the chemical destroys, kills, or sinks the treated plant portion. This patent continues another excerpt. Plant growth regulators can also be employed by practicing the present invention and include but are not limited to. The U.S. patent then shows a list of about 20 chemicals, which I won't bother to try to pronounce. Next from the patent also, another plant growth regulator included is the following list and about 30 more chemicals. Here's the bottom line. With what this U.S. patent is proposing, that there are literally hundreds of chemicals that can be used to kill off aquatic plant life to achieve the goal of the patent, which is to kill and sink dead aquatic life to the bottom. And the patent proposes to thus sequester CO2 in the process. This is a bit like the approach to preventing forest fires for some of the administrations. In fact, all of them, in a sense, is just cut down the whole forest and you don't have to worry about forest fires anymore. And the salvage logging in the burn forest has also been very lucrative to many. Who's paying who in this equation? And as far as the climate insurance goes, and I'll get to that in a moment, the forest fires are absolutely connected to climate engineering objectives, period. Here's a question. How can any proposal like this patent that's this destructive and insane even be granted a U.S. status? Welcome to the Planetary Asylum, and if you think it's bad now, you won't like what's coming. Stay tuned for even worse news. This is Dane Wigington. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It, literally, broadcast, brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. We can, we must, reach a critical mass by starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data. Geoengineeringwatch.org will continue all of our efforts to be the go-to source on covert climate intervention operations. Moving on, more on global forever contamination from phys.org. Even very low levels of pesticide exposure can affect fish for generations, study finds. That's why we have a study of fish from throughout the continental U.S., 500 locations, 
And wild caught fish in the U.S., if you eat one, it's equivalent to drinking a month's worth of tainted water. Think about that. This report says the findings raise concerns not just for fish, but for all vertebrates that are exposed to commonly used pesticides, including humans. This exposure, the report says, is happening not just to these fish, but to all aquatic organisms in areas that are receiving runoff from regions populated by humans, also from runoff from rain, period. If it's in our rain, it's in everything else, and it's in our rain. Geoengineering Watch has tested precipitation from all over the country. We have tests from other places in the world as well. Everything's contaminated, every drop of rain. The report then says, it's safe to say that we're seeing influences at the population level. If fish were exposed for a few days, as embryos and larvae are, then producing offspring that developed very deformed. The study published in the journal Environmental Science and Technology used inland silversides as a model fish species with a specific focus on the San Francisco Bay and Sacramento Joaquin Delta. Let's stop there. Footnote for the record, the fish they're speaking about. One of California's top water quality biologists contacted geoengineeringwatch.org. He sent detailed messages to us confirming that aluminum nanoparticles were being found on the gills of the endangered delta smelt fish species. The state biologist further informed us of the fact that he was being heavily pressured to stand down on any disclosure of this dire data. I still hold the emails, but this scientist has now gone completely off the radar. No surprise. That's how the matrix works. Anyone who tries to tell the truth, who dares to tell the truth from the inside, gets a boot put over their neck. From the New York Post, confirmation of even worse contamination. This is a follow-up report from what I covered earlier in this broadcast. Thousands of decaying barrels off Los Angeles coast may contain radioactive waste. report says... Thousands of decaying burials littering the seafloor off the Los Angeles coast may contain radioactive waste, according to an alarming new study. Scientists are still unsure what other hazardous materials could have been secretly dumped. There's a total of 18 dump sites, for the record, off the U.S. West Coast, which extends all the way to nearly the Hawaiian Islands. Let's stop there. It isn't just thousands of barrels. It's hundreds of thousands. The initial estimates were 500,000. There may be many more dumped off the west coast of North America. The list of what hasn't been discovered is likely much larger still. And with every country in the world contributing to some degree, the big three of the U.S., China, and Russia being the worst offenders. In addition to the toxic everything being dumped everywhere, what other elements might the Matrix minions have engineered and let loose? Let's add this from science.org. Quote, it's insane. New virus-like entities found in human gut microbes. From this report, analysis of sequence databases reveals novel circular RNA genomes belonging to, quote, obelisks. Reported this week in a preprint is a new kind of virus-like entity that inhabits bacteria dwelling in the human mouth and gut. These, quote, obelisks as they're called by the Stanford University team that unearthed them, have genomes seemingly composed of loops of RNA, and sequences belonging to them have been found around the world. The report then states, It's not yet known whether obelisks affect human health, but they could alter genetic activity of their bacterial hosts, which in turn could affect human genes. The fun never stops in the asylum, does it? Let's keep going. There's more, so much more. From MIT Technology Review, Solar geoengineering could start soon if it starts small. From this report, of total deception and denial, they say, it's possible to start a subscale deployment in just a few years. The climate effects would be tiny, but the geopolitical impact would be significant. 
They say the political impact could be profound. It could trigger a backlash that would upend climate geopolicy and threaten international stability. It could be an on-ramp to large-scale deployment, and it could be exploited by carbon fuel interests seeking to slow the essential task of cutting emissions. Opposition might stem from a deep-rooted aversion to environmental modification or from pragmatic concerns that a large-scale deployment would be detrimental to some regions. Where does one begin with this? Could be deployed? Does anyone look up? Could trigger backlash? Could threaten international stability? Could be exploited by carbon fuel companies? The could, may, might bit goes on and on. It's here now. It has been. If populations can be fully awakened to what has been done to them and their posterity without their knowledge or consent, will the proverbial pitchforks and torches moment be triggered finally? That is why they are trying so hard to keep this issue from coming to light because the liability issues are absolutely incalculable. If this is fully exposed, every single weather cataclysm going back decades becomes a potential liability for everyone participating in this insanity. About the authors of the We Could, May, Might Geoengineer on a Small Scale Someday report, David W. Keith is a professor of geophysical sciences and founding faculty director of the Climate Systems Engineering Initiative at the University of Chicago. Wake Smith is a lecturer at the Yale School of Environmental and Research fellow at Harvard Kennedy School. Perhaps these two climate scientists, and I use the term loosely, could benefit from being sent a link to the groundbreaking climate engineering documentary, The Dimming. In fact, shouldn't The Dimming be required viewing for all of academia? The same academia that adamantly tells us that we're not actually seeing what we're actually seeing in our skies? On that note, this point to ponder, is it perplexing that some in the so-called alt-media circles that claim to be in the fight to expose and halt climate engineering are actually pushing a form of the same official denial just described? That there isn't any spring. That's what they say. How exactly does that narrative help to expose and halt climate engineering operations? Answer, it doesn't. Volumes of film footage and mountains of data prove beyond any doubt climate engineering, SRM, solar radiation management, stratospheric aerosol injection operations are real, ongoing, and have been for over 75 years. It's up to each of us to do our own investigation. Start by viewing the Dimming documentary for free from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. There's far more data in the Dimming documentary than I could even begin to cover in this one-hour on-air broadcast. Please, learn the fundamentals of this issue and keep looking up. Moving on, so who's being kept cool by the climate engineers? The eastern half of the U.S., as I have stated on this broadcast for so many years, the most anomalously less warm region in the entire world for 14 years running has been the eastern half of the U.S. lower 48. Toxic surface cooldowns with rapid record warm-ups in between. Let's press on with this. Here's the new headline from phys.org. A century of reforestation helped keep the eastern U.S. cool, study finds. Follow me through with this. In the 1930s, efforts to revive forests coupled with the abandonment and subsequent reforestation of agricultural fields kicked off an almost century-long comeback for eastern forests. About 15 million hectares of forest have since grown in these areas. Now, let's add this, the cover-up part from this report. Previous studies suggested the cooling could be caused by aerosols. What do climate engineers spray in our skies? Geoengineering aerosols. Agricultural activity or increased precipitation, but many of these factors would only explain highly localized cooling. You mean like chemical ice nucleation for weather modification, where you have a warm side to a so-called winter storm and a cold side to a so-called winter storm? Since when? 
They then say, despite known relationships between forests and cooling, studies had not considered forests as a possible explanation for the anomalous widespread cooling. Yeah, it's anomalous, all right. That's where most of Americans live in the eastern half, and they have previously focused on keeping the eastern half of the U.S. cool, thus to keep the population confused and divided as to the true state of planetary meltdown, and yes, meltdown. That's what it is. We would be lucky if we faced global warming, quote. We faced an abrupt climate collapse. That's what's unfolding, statistically, mathematically. Far worse than anything we've been told, but let's stop there. This entire report is yet another example of climate engineering cover-up, which includes the engineering winter operations that utilize chemical ice nucleation cloud-seeding elements. Please search the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. And for the record, the climate engineers seem to have altered their patterns and plans for the eastern U.S., which is now being impacted by much more record warmth, while the west coast is being kept cooler, at least for the moment. I'll get to that. First, here's a new example headline of chemical ice nucleating operations from AccuWeather.com. Ice eggs smash into frozen coast of Lake Erie. The report says the turbulent lake was littered with ice eggs over the weekend, a frozen phenomenon that can only be seen when the weather conditions are perfect. No. The Great Lakes ice balls, also showing up on other shores around the world, are the result of chemical ice nucleation operations. Search for images of this phenomenon. You'll be shocked. Search Lake Michigan ice balls or search, again, the engineering winter section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. So moving on with the weather whiplash, heating, and cooling of the continental U.S. from the Weather Channel, this 37 million California residents on flood watch amid back-to-back storms. I won't wade into this deception again. Yes, a few targeted areas were flooded, recent storms and previous ones of the previous year, and Matrix Media shows the same images of the same regions from different angles as they overhype it all. Can the climate engineers create extreme flooding anytime they wish? Absolutely. Did it in Vietnam 50 plus years ago. But their pattern so far this year is to manipulate moisture into the U.S. West Coast, scatter it with aerosol spraying dispersions and frequency transmissions, and in doing so, create extensive aerosol-enhanced cloud canopy over much of the western U.S., cooling the surface. So far this year, the western U.S. is being kept more consistently cool while the eastern half of the U.S. bounces back and forth between short-term toxic cool-downs and record warmth. The climate engineers, again, can change the script anytime they want. Keep that in mind. To the north, this new report from BBC. Follow-up. Zombie fires burning at an alarming rate in Canada. It's right now in the middle of winter. And this new parallel report from CBC Canada, it's the middle of winter and more than 100 wildfires are still smoldering. These are follow-up stories. I covered them on previous broadcasts, but they are still being publicized. Dry weather after record-breaking summer season has kept fires going in western Canada. Report says it's not something I've seen in any of the data sets. What we don't know is how many of these will actually translate into reignition in the spring. The current Canadian winter photos shown in this CBC Canada report are skies plastered with geoengineering jet-sprayed aerosol filth. They're sending a covert message, perhaps. From CTV News Canada, Alberta, Canada moves up start date for wildfire season now underway. Does any of this concern anyone? Canada officially declaring fire season in the middle of winter? Again, for the record, 72,000 square miles incinerated in Canada last year. That's more surface area than the states of Georgia or Florida. What's coming this year? Not just in Canada, but for the entire western U.S., where every single fir tree is in some stage of dying or already dead. And no, the core causal factor isn't the beetles. They're only a symptom of an already dying tree. Search geoengineeringwatch.org, the dying of the trees. Search the Into the Wild section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Learn 
How Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. In fact, that exact title, please search that, Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. You won't like what you learn. But short of learning the facts, you're flying blind, perhaps high in hopium, as so many have been trained from birth to do, just thinking happy thoughts and pretending that if you ignore the oncoming train long enough, it will magically go away. Good luck with that. Please don't do that. We must face the gathering storm head on if we have any chance of turning the tide. More on the fires from BNN.com, Chile's wildfire crisis, ongoing story, a global call for climate action. Yes, more incinerations, and whatever the source of ignition, keep this in mind, it is climate engineering that is setting the stage for these unprecedented incinerations. Please search and view, again, Wildfire Serve Geoengineering Agenda. And about the covert weapon of war part from the Washington Post, climate-linked ills threaten humanity. From that report, follow me through with this. This is an example of how the dots connect. And there's a much bigger scale to this, but this gives you an idea. Pakistan is the epicenter of a new global wave of disease and death linked to climate change, according to a Washington Post analysis of climate data, leading scientific studies, interviews with experts, and reporting from some of the places bearing the brunt of Earth's heating. This examination of climate-fueled illnesses tied to hotter temperatures and swifter passage of pathogens and toxins. Imagine that. Could there be something floating down from the clouds? You decide. While deciding, don't forget what I brought up on this broadcast so many times, that the world's second most recognized climate engineer, Dr. Ken Caldera, former U.S. Department of Defense scientist, stating on the record, we own the audio at geoengineeringwatch.org, that what he did, one of the things he did for the U.S. Department of Defense was design methods of spraying pathogens into clouds to infect the populations below. Imagine that. Now let's add this nugget, a puzzle piece in the Pakistan Calamity Equation, a report titled The Future of Pakistan and U.S.-Pakistan Relations. The report says, In an age of accelerating great power competition, Pakistan's political stability and economic recovery are critical to regional security. As Pakistan's largest export market and one of the country's top sources of foreign investment and development aid, the United States is well positioned to help Pakistan achieve economic stability and prosperity. For the record, historically speaking, when the empire sets up shop in a country, it's not, quote, stability and prosperity that follows, it's chaos, carnage, and collapse, which further facilitates the loot, plunder, pillage, and pollute policies of empire, a.k.a. resource extraction at the point of a gun. This is but one current example. There's so many more, stretching back through so many decades of destruction. Newsflash for Americans that are still trying to convince themselves that starving countries around the world freely forfeit their natural resources to America because they love us so much. No, that notion couldn't be further from the truth. Their resources are taken. The covert weapon of climate engineering is core to this equation and has been for decades all over the world. And yes, as former U.S. President Lyndon Baines Johnson stated 62 years ago on film and on the record, he who controls the weather controls the world. Beginning of every one of my weekly geoengineeringwatch.org broadcasts. And always, I must add this, does my criticism of empire mean I'm a fan of China or Russia? Absolutely not. But so many have been so well trained to think in black and white programmed ways, they assume if you're not in the blue team, you must be on the red team. What was it that... Junior George Bush said, the room temperature IQ president, if you're not with us, you're with the terrorists, take a long look in the mirror, Mr. Bush. You're one and the same. 
You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 446, February 24th, 2024. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on numerous AM and FM stations throughout the country. We recently added eight new stations as of the start of February. Recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column and on the Dane Wigington YouTube channel. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail-outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. We're at, I believe, 6.2 million views now in spite of draconian censorship. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. About reaching those that still aren't looking up, here's one way. By starting the conversation with Geoengineering Watch awareness raising materials, which can be found on our homepage, our only goal to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. Very high quality printed materials with shocking images of pictures worth a thousand words as the proverb goes. We now have new Geoengineering Watch hoodies, Geoengineering Watch shirts, shirt and hoodie photos are on our homepage. We have scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Reaching a critical mass of awareness on the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative of our time. If we can expose it, we have a chance of stopping it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they've been participating in, their own demise and ours. If you're willing to share a picture of yourself with a geoengineering watch shirt or hoodie, perhaps at a gym or some crowded downtown location, please send your photo to us that we, so we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. And to all those who are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, and you know who you are, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference at this late hour. Moving on, more in the air we breathe. Let's rewind to this recent CNN report. Wildfires can unlock cancer-causing chemicals from the soil. New research finds. Again, this is one of the methods with, with which they cover up the mountain of toxic elements falling from our skies. Reports as a growing body of research has focused on the impacts of gases and particles carried by wildfires. The complex mixture of gases and particles that wildfires spew out as smoke leave behind dust and heavy metals. Yes, heavy metals. Exactly what's named in climate engineering patents. And, and for the record, you can view this on the dimming documentary. Geoengineering Watch filmed with time-lapse footage blanket aerosol spraying directly on top of the Paradise Fire smoke canopy. Why would they be doing that? These are incendiary particles. Decide for yourself the why part. But please view the dimming. So yes, heavy metals, polymers, surfactants, graphene, the list goes on and on. All of it showing up in precipitation tests from around the world. But is it rational to blame all this on so-called wildfires? Or just industrialized, militarized pollution? Will the majority continue to ignore our skies being crisscrossed with geoengineered jet-sprayed nanoparticle dispersions that are a core component of so-called solar radiation management operations? 
We ignore it at our own peril. On that note, this follow-up report, and yes, it's even worse than the so-called experts thought or were willing to say. From Euronews.com, bottled water contains a hundred times more plastic nanoparticles than previously thought. And we already know they've disclosed something in the range of 200,000 particles in a single bottle of supposedly pure water. And keep in mind, you can fit a hundred thousand nanoparticles across the width of a single human hair. That's how small they are. From medicalexpress.com, new research finds microplastics in all human placentia samples tested. Some microplastics are so small that they are measured in nanometers. Just went over that. That's a billionth of a meter and are capable of crossing the cell membranes. A flurry of recent studies has found that microplastics are present in virtually everything we consume from bottled water to meat to plant-based foods. Now University of New Mexico Health Science researchers have placed a new analytical tool to measure the microplastics present in human placentias. It's only getting worse and the trajectory is it will double every 10 to 15 years. Well, that's a relief. No need to worry about what could, may, might happen in 10 to 15 years. Based on the current statistical die-off of the planet's remaining life support systems, we'll be lucky if anyone is around in 5 years, let alone 10 to 15. Don't believe it? I understand. But denial of the facts doesn't negate the reality on the ground. This is a statistical trajectory, not theory or hypothesis. And I've been over these figures so many times in this broadcast, they're getting worse by the day, but... Here's a few reminder statistics. Current species extinction rate, two to 300 species of plant, animal, and insect going extinct every single day. That's 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. We've lost 70% of Earth's wildlife populations in the last 40 years alone. Global insect population die off, 80 to 90% gone today, right now. That's terrestrial and aquatic insects. Plankton populations in the Atlantic, based on Tests taken in 500 separate locations, down 90%. No plankton, no people. Tree populations from pre-industrial statistics, actually pre-civilization statistics, let me correct that, down 60%. No trees, no people. The remaining trees are dead and dying by the day, as I've covered so many times. We are on the fast track to near-term planetary omnicide. And the vast majority are totally oblivious, worried about Caribbean cruises and baseball games and Political theater on a dying planet, nothing else matters. That's why geoengineering, watch.org, is focused so intensely on what's happening in our skies because it is the biggest hole in the bottom of the boat at this moment. It is the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face short of nuclear cataclysm. And even then, climate engineering is a factor because it's destroying Earth's protective atmosphere, making us vulnerable to a coronal mass ejection, a.k.a. the CME, solar flare, which could shut down grids around the globe, which would cause nuclear plants all over the world to melt down. Not to mention contaminating the entire planet and using weather as a weapon all over the world. Crushing populations without those populations ever even knowing they're under assault. If it doesn't stop, we're done. And these aerosol dispersion platforms are likely already being used for biological warfare. And at any moment of their choosing... They can put something much more lethal into this mix. They can level the playing field overnight. Think about that. And it's not just the East Coast sinking under a rising sea of sewage because that's what's happening in Cape Cod. It's sewage percolating through groundwater into the bay. It's the tale of the human race to completely contaminate your nest. 
This headline from the UK Guardian, heavy metals and E. coli raw sewage at U.S.-Mexico border is a, quote, public health crisis. I'm only citing a few examples of what's unfolding all over the world. The planet has been trashed in the geologic blink of an eye. The reckoning is coming at blinding speed, and this fact is becoming increasingly difficult for the matrix manipulators to hide in plain sight. So what card do they play now? More mass distraction from CNN. Odysseus becomes first U.S. spacecraft to land on moon in over 50 years. Okay, let's stop there. The first spacecraft on the moon in 50 years, we're told. This one, Odysseus, unmanned, and it seems there was great uncertainty as to this mission's success. Yes, again, we've been trained and taught that 50 years ago and beyond, going back and forth to the moon was routine. Driving an EV dune buggy on the moon, routine. NASA has stated on the record that they no longer have the technology to go to the moon. They lost it, they say. And please don't believe me on that. If you search diligently online, you can find a video of the NASA representative making this statement on film and on the record. And speaking of film footage, NASA also says that they no longer have much or most of the original moon landing footage. Their excuse? That these types of film reels were very expensive, that no one was viewing them, so they just taped over the moon footage question, are any of these yarns even remotely believable? How many times over recent years, decades and beyond, have we seen examples of how willing far too many are to believe whatever official story they're told so long as it makes them feel good about themselves, about their government, and about their country? Search and view this documentary for a few shockers. A funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Final headline. From the World Economic Forum Global Risks Report 2024, the Global Risks Report explores some of the most severe risks we may face over the next decade against a backdrop of rapid technological change, economic uncertainty, a warming planet, and conflict. As cooperation comes under pressure, weakened economies and societies may only require the smallest shock to edge past the tipping point of resilience. Let's set the record straight. There is no adapting to what's coming. What has been will very soon be over. It's not coming back. The planet's life support systems, a.k.a. climate and environments, are collapsing across the board. And even now, the majority of the human race, especially the controllers, are doubling down on what's brought us to this dark corner in the first place. The collective insanity is in control for the moment. I never wanted this battle. I never wanted this post. But it's the one I was given. And I'll embrace it until the end. And yes, the horizon is dim indeed, but not yet carved in stone. Our collective efforts can yet make a difference for the better, but we must make every day count. We must constantly remind ourselves of what matters and what doesn't. We must remind ourselves that those in power aren't gods and we're not helpless. We must remind ourselves that our being placed at this moment of time in such circumstances isn't an accident of fate. There's so much more. Exposing and halting the toxic climate engineering weather warfare onslaught is the greatest and most immediate leap we can make in the right direction. This fight will take all of us. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can help to move this fight forward. Please, make your voice heard. While it can still make a difference, we must make every day count. Never yield to the gathering storm, ever. Until next week, stay strong and march on. This is Dane Wigington with Geoengineering Watch dot org.